You're listening to Michigan Statewide Morning Show, X's and Bros, right here on the Michigan Sports Network. Welcome back here to X's and Bros, Michigan Sports Network. Just had a little research there during the break. New England did make it four times in five years. Uh, they won three out of five. Tampa Bay, and that was 20, the 2015 Super Bowl uh, through the 2019 Super Bowl. Right? And then you had Kansas City taking over in 2020. Uh, winning it then, beating San Francisco 31-20. to They lose to Tampa Bay and Tom Brady 31-9 to in 2021. Then you have the Rams and the Bengals there in 2022, followed by Kansas City beating Philadelphia 38-35, and then Kansas City beating San Francisco last night 25-22. So quite, the, uh, quite an impressive showing there for Kansas City, winning three out of five. Being there four out of five years is even pretty uh, pretty impressive. Because that's where New England was at, was at with Tom Brady. Right? 2015, uh, they beat Seattle. 2016, they weren't in the game. 2017, they beat Atlanta. That was the big comeback. 2018, they fell to Philadelphia. 2019, they beat the Rams 13-10. What a run it was by the Patriots. And look, I mean, Patrick Mahomes now enters... Uh, he enters his Tom Brady slash uh, slash Michael Jordan era. That that is that that is where he is at now. Freddie is back on the line. Hopefully, this works this time. Good morning, Freddie. And think about that run. Cincinnati went into Kansas City and beat uh, Kansas City when they faced the Rams. Think about that. Otherwise, Kansas City would have faced the Rams, and uh, who knows? History might have been different. Stanford would still be sitting without a ring. You never know, right? Oh, Matthew. Matthew. Yeah. How about the Lions beat the Super Bowl champions? That's Now that's a story right there. Absolutely. Lions, cause the Lions would have been in that game yesterday. And I, you know, I'm going to be all over the place today because I like to be all over the place because I'm, I'm never allowed enough time on the phone. So, first of all, I will tell you, yesterday when I was watching Usher, I didn't know if that was Usher or Anthony Bellino. I mean, Anthony, you could have been up there doing that. That could have been you. That could have been me. I mean, honestly. That could have been that me. That could have been you. I mean, I, I pictured you up there on stage. Um, I mean, I mean, we are. Me and Alicia you know, Keys? Oh, are, man. Oh, yeah. Kids are watching, and he's, like, all over Alicia Keys and all that. Like, my nine-year-old's watching this because, you know, Taylor Swift, and he's, like, all over. Alicia. I'm like, hello. And you guys are still complaining about uh, – um, Janet uh, Jackson. And, wait a minute. Uh, wait a minute. So uh, uh, hold on. Hold on. We were talking about this last night because Alicia Keys's husband is a is a producer by the uh-huh. name of Swiss Beats, and so she's playing the piano, and then she gets up, and they kind of have like this embrace. And I'm like, wait a minute. What do you yeah. think, Mister Beats, Mister Swiss Beats, is saying right now? Oh, Usher. Uh, you might find Usher next to the Tupac. I'm telling you, they are in Vegas. So <laughs> it might just happen. You never know. I'm not reporting that as news, but uh, I mean, I'm like, we had to explain to my nine year old. Like, I'm like, hello. But uh, yeah, Alicia's, uh, she's filling out very well, very well. She fills out the piano very well. Um, so, Anthony, a couple things. 
You know, I'm an old man. I'm 53 years old. I'll be 54 in a couple of weeks. You know, uh, the, the magical 54, Chris Spielman, 54, Lions are going to win the Super Bowl, 59. I mean, just think about it. It's, it's all it's all destiny. Um, <laughs> when I was a kid, the Super Bowl was one week, not two weeks. I They got to stop this two-week debacle because the first half of these games, the last few years, have been a snooze fest. And there's, it, it's like, it's like there. It's too much, too much anxiety for these guys. Too much prep. You know, it's just two weeks of waiting and family and this and that. It's just who are these guys? Just first of all, who are these guys in black uniforms running on the field yesterday? Every after every play, um, who were they? I've never seen that the NFL game before in my life. They were wearing black jackets, and they're pretty much on third or fourth downs. They were running onto the field. Around the, the players, extra refs. Extra those, refs. Those guys, players. yeah, those guys. The guys in the black jackets or the black hats that are like always around the like the first down markers. Like those are your those are your extra officials. There's usually I don't know if it's one or two uh, on an NFL field on a regular game day, but there's more for the playoffs and more for the Super Bowl. Well, I've never seen them on the field. There was one in the middle of a scrum. After a third down play, I mean, he was literally in the middle. He had a bag. He had a bag over his shoulder, and he's in the middle of that scrum. Like, what is he doing on the field? I was well, whatever he wants. Getting a little TV time. They they had they had streakers last night too. But Tony Romo once yeah. again, he was talking about the gambling thing. I was like, that's a little weird. And then he's like, yeah, we had some streakers on the field, but we can't talk about that. Or I'm like, that's going a little rogue here, Tony. Yeah, Tony, I, I, I don't, I, you know, this year just kept Phil Simms. Phil Simms was fine. But um, anyways, you know, it's just, the, it just the first half of these games have just become snooze fast. I think the two weeks has become too much. And, and uh, good for Kansas City. I mean, it was, it was a good game overall. Um, you know, I think they both coached incredible. The thing about Kyle Shanahan it reminds me of Kyle, what kind of thing that sticks out with Kyle Shanahan. He was Andy Reid when Andy Reid was in Philly. Philly kept getting to the NFC Championship game. He got to a couple Super Bowls, and he lost to the Patriots, right? And he couldn't get him over the top. And then when finally when he got to Kansas City, he got him over the top, and now he's building a dynasty. So I um, I think they both coached greats. I think it was uh, overall the second half was really good. Um, and uh, the best team won. I mean, it was the best player in the planet. It took over the game, and uh, – Showed you why he's the best player on the planet. I, and the last thing for me is I want to put this Dan Campbell stuff to rest. I'm done with it. I'm going to tell you why. Okay? This isn't about Dan Campbell. This isn't about him going or not going for it on fourth downs. This is the situation with the last playoff game for me. We all love Dan Campbell. Most won't criticize him because they're scared to. And, you know, you can't criticize anyone anymore because you're, they're scared or whatever. It doesn't mean you, you, you dislike them or, or they're wrong or they're right. It's just what bothers me about this whole situation. I keep hearing we don't have a kicker. That's 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 complete false. That's complete BS. We do have a kicker. He kicked a fifty-four yarder in a big game, and he nailed it. Just like those two guys nailed those field goals yesterday. He wasn't given a chance, and I think too many. I don't like the people bashing Michael Badgley. He doesn't deserve it because he wasn't given a chance. I don't think that's fair. I think I think it's. I just don't think it's fair, and that's kind of all I got to say. And. Um, AB, I'm telling you, you could have been Usher yesterday. I, I swear that that would they put your white shoes on. That would have been you. Yesterday. Hey, question yeah. for you, real quick. Do, 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 do you do you like Kyle Shanahan? 
You know, I like him, but you know, he doesn't have any passion to me. He doesn't have any. He doesn't have any. He just sits in like a. Do you, do you ever see him move his lips? I've never seen him move his lips. I, I've never. He doesn't do anything for me. Chew some gum. That way, I see that your lips are moving a little bit. You know, I, I, honestly, his dad was more demonstrative. Was more. His dad was more. Uh, I don't know the word I want to use. Demonstrative. He was more. Uh, Demonstrative. Yeah, there you go. He, he a lot more. Kyle Shanahan does. He he's like a he's like a stale piece of bread. And um, good coach. I think he coached the game perfectly yesterday. These guys kicked the field goals when they were supposed to kick their field goals. They did a good job. And um, Nick Bosa, I'm telling you, uh, Aiden Hutchinson. There's some film to watch right there. That guy. That guy is a beast. And you could be just like him. Just watch that film. I think it'd be incredible. So Anthony. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful week. And uh, you cut those sirloins. You keep killing them, my friend. We will. uh, Hey, I'll I'll talk to you tomorrow. What do you mean? Have a good week like you're signing off. By the way, um, I've got I got something here from Kyle Shanahan. That is, I mean, coaching malpractice. We didn't talk about it. And I guess maybe maybe I'm naive to believe that I, I thought that this was all understood, like because I thought this was talked a lot about during the course of the regular season. Maybe I'm maybe I'm confused there, but I don't. I mean, we didn't talk about it. I know we I, we might have when they first uh, when the when the news first came out, we might have mentioned like, hey, by the way. But then after that, you just assume everybody knows what's going on. Apparently, the Niners didn't. We'll tell you what that was next year. X's and Bros, Michigan Sports Network. Hey, Michigan, let's go big. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro wide receiver, and I'm talking real big-time winning on the hottest slots and table games on one incredible app, Eagle Casino and Sports. Sign up now and get up to $1,500. That's right. We'll match your deposit for up to $1,500, and you'll get 100 free spins. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. In sports, if you think joy only happens after you win, think again. Look at the world's most successful athletes like Serena Williams, Brooks Kepka, and Alex Morgan. They don't spend all their days grinding away. They take time to enjoy themselves, like getting together with friends over a Michelob Ultra, because they know that happiness is the key to winning, and that joy is the whole game, not just the end game. Michelob Ultra, 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. AB Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. The Freddy the Pizza Man Foundation is dedicated to providing support to families and Michigan schools touched by autism. We invite you to join us in supporting these families and schools by making a donation at freddythepizzaman.com. With your donation, you can help provide essential resources that can make a real impact. Visit freddythepizzaman.com to make a donation and to learn more about the foundation's mission. That's F-R-E-D-I, thepizzaman.com. Together, we can make a difference. Van Andel Institute Purple Community is a grassroots fundraising network powered by the dedicated volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve human health now and in the future. When you raise funds through the Van Andel Institute Purple Community, 100% of the proceeds go directly to the Institute's research into diseases like cancer and Parkinson's, as well as VAI's science education programs. Learn how you can get involved at purplecommunity.org.
miss any of today's show? Find our podcast and listen on demand on Google, Apple, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to X's and Bros with Anthony Bellino here on the Michigan Sports Network. Welcome back here to X's and Bros, Michigan Sports Network. Great to have you ride along with us, no matter who you are, where you are, how you may be listening. You know, I want to go back to uh, something that USDA Scott had called in earlier and said about Taylor Swift. And there is a moment in the game, it's a Diana Rossini tweet, and uh, Travis Kelsey sees Taylor Swift for the first time. What happens is, is Kelsey's making his way over, and Taylor Swift backs up. And she backs up. And, you know, gives that moment to his mom first. Hmm. Uh, she's playing all the right cards. Playing all the right. That kind of stuff goes along. You know, how many times we have to see? Because she knows. She know, She gets it. She gets it. Like, that's it, she's not. I mean, they're they're showing her on TV. Like, that's fine. I don't like her music. I don't really care. It doesn't matter to me. But you know, from a learning lesson standpoint, she gets it. She's not out there loud and obnoxious, Brittany Mahomes, right? That's the that's the perfect that's the perfect clear cut comparison. Me, 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 out in front. I need interviews. I need this. I need that. No, she is who she is. She knows that. She's aware. But like, allow, you know, give that space for those two to have their moment. Uh, really, really, you know what? Here. Good on Taylor Swift. Understanding. Read the room. Self-awareness. Good to have. Now, other things you should be aware of. It would be good to know. This just coming out from the post-game interviews. The Chiefs' overtime plan had worked out exactly how they had hoped, and it wasn't by accident. Justin Reed told The Ringer that the Chiefs had had first discussed the new overtime rules as far back as training camp. Chris Jones told me players were prepared for what to expect if the Super Bowl went into overtime. We talked through this for two weeks, Jones said. How we were going to give the ball to the opponent if they scored. We were going for two at the end of the game. We rehearsed it. The 49ers, on the other hand, how about this miss from Kyle Shanahan? Multiple San Francisco players said after the game that they were unaware of the overtime rules that are different in the playoffs than they are in the regular season and that strategy discussions over how to handle the overtime period did not occur as a team. Eric Armstead, their D lineman, said he learned of the details of the postseason rule when it was shown on the Jumbotron during a TV timeout after regulation. Kyle Juszczyk, the fullback, said he assumed the 49ers asked to receive when they won the toss because that's what you would do in the regular season when a touchdown wins the game. Quote, I guess that's not the case. I don't really know the strategy. No way. You remember when this when this came out and they were like, oh, the playoffs are going to be different. And it's like, oh, okay. Like, so the playoffs, you're going to get what other people around wanted to change for overtime. And what other people wanted to change for overtime is they wanted both teams to possess the ball. They didn't want sudden death, first score wins, because then it rides too much on the coin flip. Okay. All right. I guess. So what they did was they said, 
what we're going to do is we're going to make this the best overtime ever. We're going to put 15 minutes on the clock, which it's down now in the regular season. We're going to put time on the clock. We're going to kick it off just like a regular game. And if the first team scores a touchdown, this thing is over. However, if the defense can hold them to a field goal, we're going to give that team a chance to rebuttal. Brilliant. Now, some people want to argue with me all the time over NFL over. I think NFL overtime is perfect the way that it is. I don't even think you need to have both teams possess the ball first. And I stand by that. Like if if the rules were the old rules and San Francisco, it's a regular season rule. San Francisco gets the ball first. And let's say they march down the field to score. Boom, that's it. I don't need Kansas City to touch the ball. Like, I don't need college overtime. I think college football overtime is the dumbest thing that has maybe ever been conceptualized for an extra period. College football overtime, we give the team the ball at the 25-yard line. Like, what is that? When do you ever start? It's a shootout. It's skipping regular. It's skipping overtime and going right to a shootout. And then you're actually using those statistics. So if I have a regular season game that goes eight overtimes and I throw eight touchdown passes, I have like 12 touchdown passes in one game. And that's a record. Because they count that. Because you didn't have to go the length of the field. Like, that's, that's not football. Like you don't start at the 25, maybe your own. After a touchback, that's craziness. What's the matter with you? Like, what's going on here? That's ridiculous. Like, you absolutely, absolutely, that it's fine. Like, professional overtime is the way my, my buddy Bump has called me. He knows I'm on the radio. He's probably listening right now. What the hell is he calling me for? Um, you have this overtime now. Where they're like for the playoffs, Super Bowl, no matter what happens first, the other team is going to score. What they didn't explain what is what happens next. So let's say San Francisco scored a touchdown, kicks the extra point and, go, and makes it. If Kansas City comes down, scores a touchdown, kicks the extra point and makes it. Then what happens? Is it sudden death then? Or if the other team has to kick a field goal? Like they didn't do a great job of explaining... If San Francisco got the ball back, then they both scored a touchdown. They kick a field goal. Is it over? Does Kansas City get a chance to rebuttal now? Like that, they just kind of left. Like, oh, see when we get there. But the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs are talking about, yes, we talked about this in training camp. We knew the rules are different in the playoffs. They, they plan on being there. And then we, like, we rehearsed this for two weeks. Exactly. We give them the ball. If they score, we're going for two. I love that. Have a game plan. This is what we're doing. Sock it to me. Don't even give him a chance. Don't even kick it and give him a chance to get a field goal. Like, just, we're going for two and that's it. But, get the ball. You guys don't know what's going on. That's a little suspect there. It's a little, I mean, you always, like, you, I always want the other team to take the ball first. You know, there are times throughout the course of the season where I wanted the Lions to have the ball first. I did. I was like, let's get the ball first. Let's go down and score. Let's set the tone, right? Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But really, and I thought Romo did a good job on the broadcast last night of of explaining this. Because you get the extra down. 
And what he meant by that was Kansas City faced a third and one, and Pacheco got stuffed for no gain. So fourth and one from the Kansas City 34. If Kansas City got the ball first, are they going to go for it? Or are you going to punt it, try to play field position, get a stop? Interesting. Because at that point, you know, you've already touched the ball. Like, the other team come down and kick a field goal, it's over. So are you going to go for it there on your own 34? If you miss it, the game is absolutely over. So, but because San Francisco has the ball first, you know what you have to do. You knew that on third and one, you were you were two downs. Like, you have to go for it. You don't have a choice. You punt and you lose. And that's that extra down Tony was talking about. But the fact that San Francisco doesn't know that the rules are different, like not everybody's aware that the rules are different there, that is a huge, huge miss. Huge miss. You got to have your guys, they, they got to know. They have to know. You know, that is, you have all these days of practice, you go through all these different situations. And you practice these religiously. Time and score. Where are we at? Who's got the ball? What's our game plan? And it's one of those things that when you start coaching, you forget about situational stuff, right? Because you just assume everybody knows what you know, right? And so you get in a position where it's like, yeah, okay, here's the deal. Who, who's got how many fouls? Right? Basketball. That's what I coach. It's easier, easier to go to that. Who's got how many fouls? Who's going to foul? Right? Who are we putting on the free throw line? Like, are we thinking of these things? Okay. If he if he misses if he misses the second one, rebound timeout immediately. Are we pushing the ball? Time is you have to go through and you have to literally you have to teach, but you have to teach the the concept of it. Right? We have to teach the concept of why are we fouling here? We're fouling here so it stops the clock. And yes, we have to give them two shots. But we're down. We have this much time. This is what we need to do. You have to explain all of that. All of it. In your first year, you're not even thinking about situational stuff. You're just like, please don't dribble the ball off your foot. Right? But as they get older, you know, down three, under 30 seconds. You know what I mean? You start going through all of these different things. Down one, up one, up two, down four. Like, what has to happen like it's it's a lot, but these guys like this is your job. You, you're professionals. You have to know this. Like Kyle Shanahan, I I saw that this morning come out from the post game interviews that they didn't know. And like whoa whoa whoa, what do you mean? Kyle Shanahan saying that they elected to take the ball in overtime so he'd be assured the ball should the game have been tied after two possessions. By that point, it would have been sudden death. I mean, yeah, I guess. I guess. But, I mean, then you, then you got to be playing for the touchdown, right? I mean, that's a that's a that's a big that's a that's a lot going on there. It's a lot to process because you go to you go to sudden death after the two possessions, right? But they didn't explain that on the on the broadcast. Like they and the ref came out and he was like, "Oh, we're both gonna possess it." Right, they take the ball. Okay, we're going to go down and score. Right, Kansas City. Like, 
if you score the touchdown and you know, and we don't know at the time that Kansas City has a plan in place to already go for two, but if you score the touchdown, you take the extra point, they could still beat you. They, I mean, you still got to get a stop. Right? Because at that point, like, would you want to play for a sudden death overtime when you know you have to kick the ball off to him or you have to go for two? I think, I, I think Andy Reid and the Chiefs were right. Like, we're going to score, we're going to go for two. You got a big fourth down conversion there. Like, had to have a good play call. That was a that was a great, great play call there. That was the one where uh, Mahomes, they did like a, a read option. Mahomes pulled it, went right tackle, big gain. And it was kind of like the, you know, Patrick Mahomes little takeover there. Like, at that point, he was, you know, he was going to do some things on his own, and that was going to be that. Confessions part three coming soon. That must be from uh, that must be from Ryan. Confessions part three. I like college OT format, but would like to see the ball start at the fifty, so there isn't a gimme field goal. I don't like the college format at all. I I think you disband it immediately. I think you kick that sucker off, and you do exactly what the NFL does. If you have to settle for a field goal, the other team can rebuttal. You score a touchdown, this thing's over. I I hate the idea of just placing the ball and everybody gets a turn. Like that's get a stop. Like, football is offense, defense, special teams. Sorry your team didn't get the ball first. Make a play, right? Get a turnover, boom, there's your game. College football overtime is like old MLS penalties, run-ups. Both are an absolute joke. Yeah, it's, 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 just, it's like skipping overtime going into a shootout. That's what college football is. It's like going into a shootout. I'd love your opinion. Which loss is harder on a fan base? The Lions lost to San Francisco and the way that that happened and when it happened, or the San Francisco loss to the Chiefs, and the way that that happened, and when it happened. Homer and PA. Uh, I think that San Francisco's loss is worse. One, because they were just there, right? And so now they've lost consecutive like Super Bowl appearances. That's tough. Two, it's the Super Bowl. Like We lost the NFC Championship, and sure, we squandered a big lead, but San Francisco was only up 10-3 to at, at halftime. Like that, A seven-point lead against Patrick Mahomes, that, that wasn't going to be enough. That was not going to be enough. Uh, so for me, I think that the San Francisco loss is tougher. Plus, we we just we just were three thirteen and one, and then nine and eight. Like we're just getting started here. Like San Francisco's already in; they're already in the fold. Like they're in the they're in the mix. They were a title contender by most accounts going into the season. The Detroit Lions were a fun story that turned into a real story, right? They were a fun story that became like, wait a minute now, this team is, they're not just a good story, but they're good too. Like they have both. And shocking some people. Next year, it'll be different. Next year for the Lions, if if they don't make it to the Super Bowl, what if the Lions do make it to the Super Bowl next year? What if they do and they don't win it? Then what happens? Have we, have we thought about that? I mean, I don't even know how we're going to react to the first loss of a regular season game. I mean, it'll be just like it was this year. This coach doesn't know what he's doing. That guy stinks. Fire that guy. Bench this dude. Cut that guy. You know, every time you lose, the world is ending. But there's a reason nobody can have a perfect season. And the last time it was done was in the 70s. Because that's just, yeah, winning NFL football games is tough. And I think really, Chris Jones' impact defensively, I mean, when you look at how you, like, you have to be able to get to the quarterback. And I think they've done a really good job of drafting in some areas that they absolutely needed, getting some great, great talented guys, took some swings on some other guys like Aleem McNeil, 
dinged up? Can he can he have this kind of season? Can they add something there to the D line? Because when you can get to the quarterback with four, you change the complexion of the game. It that that really that is I don't have to send anybody else. My four defensive linemen are going to cause enough trouble. Like it felt like Kansas City was like they were forcing Brock Purdy to get up in that pocket and move around. And guys made plays. Like Purdy's throw to to Debo Samuel was great. I mean, it was just he was just incredibly defended. Incredibly defended. I mean, and San Francisco was three of twelve last night on third down. Like that was the key. You know, Kansas City got off the field. Like that's what it was. They got off the field. When it mattered most, their defense stood up. You know, a 25-22 game. I thought it was going to be the under. I, I saw 47.5. I saw uh, now 46.5 I'm seeing this morning. So it was right there. Good call on Vegas's part. Uh, I would like to see a little bit more of a high-scoring game. I think Freddie raised a really good point, though, about the Pro Bowl week. Right? Because you want to – I see what the NFL does because by moving the Pro Bowl up prior to the Super Bowl, it almost forces us – to do it, right? We're going to do that Pro Bowl. Whether we're going to watch it, uh, we're going to follow along on social media, the NFL honors, like all this stuff kind of culminates, right? And it leads into the Super Bowl. Plus, it gives the players the built-in bye week. Give teams two weeks to prepare. Is that a lot of nonsense in between? You got to have Super Bowl week. So if your last game is on the Sunday, like the way that this thing has blown up in popularity and in scale, I mean, it's, oh, yeah. I mean, I would like to see them. Uh, I think we'd be better. I think a lot of that first half rust would be gone. But at the same time, like, you know, to move the Pro Bowl back after the Super Bowl, we can kind of check out from it from a from a fan standpoint, right? We could be done you know, if the Super Bowl was played last uh, two weeks ago and the Pro Bowl was played yesterday, we'd already we would have already moved on as a fan as a fan base of football. So I, I understand why they do it. I, I I agree with Freddie though. I think that you know this the, these first halves have been a little bit rough. Teams trying to get their their sea legs under them and they're nervous. It's the biggest game of their lives. So hey, we'll be back with plenty more to go tomorrow, same time, same place, right here on X's and Bros on the Michigan Sports Network. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. Escape the chills and chase thrills this February with a winter escape giveaway. Every Saturday, play for the chance to win a share of $128,000 in premium play and prizes from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. Then at 11 p.m., two lucky Access Club members will escape the winter blues with a $10,000 travel voucher. It's the winter escape giveaway, only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway, reimagined. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Bill Simonson here for my good friend Josh Garvey. Now, he's a managing shareholder at Dorn Mayhew's Grand Rapids office. Their world headquarters are in Troy, Michigan, on the east side of the state, and they have locations all around the world. They have over 550 motivated accounting professionals, 90 years in business, and I mentioned the 10 offices worldwide. So if you want to connect and partner with one of the top CPA, accounting, and business firms in the world, they're right here in Michigan. Dorn Mayhew's Troy office on the east side of the state, and Josh Garvey is the managing shareholder for their Dorn Mayhew GR office. 
Right there by the S-curve, you'll see the new Dorn Mayhew sign. You can find out more. Just Google Dorn Mayhew. That's D-O-E-R-E-N-M-A-Y-H-E-W or Dorn.com. They're one of America's and the world's top CPA accounting and business firms. They're Dorn Mayhew. Valentine's deals you'll love with One Stop at Meyer. From flowers to sweets, it's all in one place. Get a rose bouquet for $18.99. Choose a Valentine's Day card for someone special. Then get your favorite wine, candy, and chocolate. Or you can build your own bouquet. Pick the flowers, trim, arrange them, and enjoy. And don't forget to shop other quality products and deals across the store. There are so many ways to save this Valentine's Day when you make just one stop at Meyer. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. Mercantile Bank is committed to delivering financial solutions that empower businesses to achieve their goals. We take time to understand you and what makes your business unique. From commercial and business banking to treasury and HCM tools, our local team is here to help you take your business to the next level. So when you need a financial partner, Merck is here. To learn more, visit us online at MerckBank.com business. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Huge here. AB's doing a heck of a job, and I'm ready to drop some huge opinions about what he's talking about later today at 3 on the Michigan Sports Network.